What's up? What's up? Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another edition of the Boxing Voice Radio where you never know what you're going to get. And today, it seems like we're going to get live in studio right here at the Wind Casino from the Blue Wire Studio. We'll be having Bobby Santos, the trainer of Carlos Adamas. Isn't that a coincidence? Mm. Oh, yeah. It's going down over here because the question we're asking everybody is, will Charlo fight Adamas? According to Bobby Santos, that ain't happening. According to Bobby Santos, Carlos Adamas will never be offered a Keller Plant fight because Plant knows he'll get knocked out. I mean, we got a lot to talk about here, oh Danny. What's going on? Oh, my goodness. What is going on, Ness? How you feeling? I'm feeling Back good. Back with another one here at Blue another Wire one. Studios. Another Very one. excited. And, you know, obviously, it's always great to have guests in studio. Mm-hmm. And speaking of, somebody will let you in, coach. Yeah, so there we do have Bobby right outside the studio. Can we get the cameras on him? He's taking pictures. You know, this is this is what we need to show the world. There you go. He's right out there taking pictures. You got the, the pedestrians just walking by. And then right here, you got Carlos Adamas who made it to the big leagues. He's he's got an opportunity at a title shot. With Jamal Charlo. I don't know, Danny, before we get Santos in here, do you can you think of a bigger fight for Charlo? Benavides. David Benavides. Oh, yeah. Who we both know is not available and will be announcing something. According to Samson Lewikovich this morning on our earlier show, David will have a big announcement next week at the WBC convention. Mm. Which I'm so happy because we'll be in attendance for. Yes, we so, will. So uh, I'll make sure Tuesday night to be in bed, you know, nice and early for the uh, announcement on Wednesday at the meetings. For sure. So Bobby Santos is in the studio now, but uh, obviously Jeremiah and the team getting him up to speed on how things work here in Blue Wire Studios. Obviously, topic of discussion is Charlo versus Adamas. You know, interim champion is Carlos Adamas. He picked that title up when he got the right. knockout over Montiel, where he fucked up our parlay. Let's be real. We picked him to go to decision. He got the stoppage. I do think you told me to go stoppage, and I think I did hedge it, but I still didn't win money because someone else got like a no, stoppage no, no, or something no, 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 like no. We we totally bet that decision. Okay. Um. Well, there you go. Yeah, Jay had told me that he bet big on Adamas. And I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't ask how'd he bet. So I'm like, cool. Felt good about the bet. Mm -hmm. But obviously, he knocked his ass out. And by Jay, you mean? The son. Oh, okay. Okay. But gentlemen, whenever you're ready, we could bring in Bobby so we could get this thing going. And uh, yeah, man, find out. Why he's talking so big about Carlos Adamas. Mm. Um, were you shocked to hear me say that, that, that Bob Santos believes that uh, Adamas can stop Keller Plant? I was shocked. And I just got to ask him, you know, does he still feel that way? Obviously, since I'm pretty sure that interview that he did could have been released before Keller Plant actually did what he did to mm. Anthony Durrell. But uh, 
Coach, if you are available already, I don't know, is he... Make sure to yeah, throw the headphones on, right. talking to the mic. So how are you, man? Thank you for uh, coming over to the studio and joining us here at The Win. Hey, great. Can uh, you move a little closer to the microphone, Coach? Or move the mic to closer to you, However, whatever works. We good there? There we yes. go. Okay. Wow, beautiful studio. This is unbelievable. Thank unbelievable. you, man. Thank you, man. Great uh, for boxing. How does it look to have your fighter up there, man, after such an amazing performance? Man, uh, yeah, it's unbelievable. I, like I said, uh, Carlos Adamas, I got the utmost respect for him. He's an unbelievable talent, and uh, I think sky's the limit for him. The best is yet to come. Now, you did have a lot to say uh, pre and post this fight. Does all of the, all of that, specifically the Caleb Plant statement, stand? And and I mean, do you still think even after you seen what Plant did to Darrell, that Adamus stops Plant? Um, you know, I have the utmost respect for Caleb Plant. I've known him a long time. I've seen him. Obviously, he's a world champion. You can't take that away from him. Uh, his performance, uh, you know, it spoke volumes the other night. That this that being said, uh, Carlos Adamus is different. If Carlos Adamas prepares and he's ready to go, uh, I don't think anybody beats him at, at 60 uh, or, or 68. I think Adamas is just a, a, a different animal. Do you even want him to, to move up to 68? I mean, we've seen him at 54, now at 60. Do you think uh, he sh should even get up there or you think 60... No, there's no doubt in my mind that he can compete with those guys at 68. Not not only compete, I think he wins those fights. I think he beats Benavides. I think he beats Caleb Plant. Um, he's a special talent. And uh, and I've seen him in there with all those guys. Obviously, it's sparring is sparring. The real fights are the real fights. But I see what he's doing to guys with 16-ounce gloves. So I think it'll be much more in our favor when we put those 10s on, I can tell you that. But he's going to have to receive those shots as well from naturally bigger men. Yeah, that's true. Um, but that being said, uh, Carlos has never shown me any, any indication that he can't take a good punch. Um, and, and like I said, he's not that easy to hit. He's very slippery. He's very slick. He, he can do a, a plethora of different things. He can fight uh, southball. He can fight right-handed. And I'll give you an example. I've seen Carlos in there with heavyweight sparring. I've had to have heavyweight spar with him because we, could, we, we couldn't get a, a, a sparring with some of these light heavyweights and guys of that By nature. By heavyweight, you mean your new heavyweight, the Cuban? I have a couple Cubans, yeah. I have Denier Perot, who's a, uh, just defected out of Cuba, the 2020 Olympian. I have Lanier, his brother, obviously, was a 2016 Olympian, top seven in the world. And uh, Eric Cardova, who's also a heavyweight who just defected from Cuba. Wow, three heavyweights. That's, uh, are any of them pro yet? Uh, Lanier uh, uh, Perot is top seven in the world in the WBA. So hopefully uh, he'll be in an eliminator pretty soon here and fighting for the WBA title. Um, his brother uh, will be making his pro debut December 2nd. He obviously just defected to this country in the last couple of weeks. And uh, Eric Cordova, uh, the same. He just defected a, a couple weeks back, and he'll be making his debut December 11th. And we'll be making sure that we will put them on the fast track. Now, by saying the things that you've said uh, in reference to Adamus, um, are you totally open from 60 to 68 for what comes? 100%. So a guy like 
Jose Ustatagi wasn't received well when David Benavidez announced that fight. We actually had Samson Lewicovich on our show earlier this morning, and he said that that fight's no longer happening. He actually felt bad because contracts were signed, and he knew Ustatagi needed the money, but obviously they'll be at the WBC convention announcing something bigger. Is Ustatagi something that you would want to put Adamus in there, or is he looking for bigger fish? I mean, obviously, we want the the, the best, you know. Uh, I, I feel uh, Adamus, I, to, I told him, and I told everybody that would listen. To me, him winning a world championship, it's a great achievement. It's a great accomplishment. But it, it would be a huge disservice to his talent if he doesn't make that pound-for-pound pound list. I, I, I felt that then. I feel this now. So, obviously, we want the best, the best opportunity. If that's Canelo, we would take Canelo. If that's Benavides, Benavides. If that's Caleb Plant, it's Caleb Plant. If that's Charlo at 60, it's Charlo at 160. I'll put Carlos Adamas in with anybody, uh, but but at the end of the day, these guys got to be open to fight him. Uh, Coach, I, I wanted to talk about something that I saw maybe a few weeks back on Twitter where um, a fellow media member said something along the lines of you having to be in the running for trainer of this year with all the upsets that you've had um, in your favor this year. You know, just talk about that and being able to get some of that recognition for all the hard work and success that you guys have had. Well, I'm, I mean, obviously, I'm very appreciative to the fans and everybody to start recognizing some of the hard work. Um, you know, like I've told people, I've been in the professional game for 31 years, 10 years in the amateurs, I've been, you know, 40 plus years. Um, it's been a, a lifelong accomplishment to get to this point. My family's invested a lot of blood, sweat, and tears in this sport. Obviously, my cousin Louis Molina fought in the 1956 Olympics. So my family has, you know, put a lot into this sport and to get uh, some of the accolades after years of years of, of plowing away, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's great that the fans and people are starting to take notice of, of, of the years and years of hard work that we've put in. So obviously you've been a major part in the rise of Dominican boxing. Um, you have three champions, two full. Two, look at that. So so you name them so that I don't leave anybody out because I thought it was uh, Eric Rosa, Mini Pac-Man. Okay, that's the fourth. All right, hundred five pound WBA champ. We'll be looking to get him in the ring pretty soon here too, defending his uh his world title. So hopefully sooner rather than later. Okay. So. How does it feel for you to have this, uh, I guess, not only rise in popularity, but this definitely an influx in fighters? Are you finding it difficult or do you embrace the challenge to train so many? Because how many total is it now? Uh, we, got, we got quite a few fighters, uh, uh, no, no doubt about that. Um, but uh, no, I embrace the challenge. You know, it's 24 hours in the day. You know, I only need six hours of sleep. And, uh, and I like to grind. That's what I've always liked to do. Uh, I love being in camp. I love being with the guys. And, uh, you know, I'm old school. You know, it's funny. When I came into this sport, you know, you hear about these things now. Oh, this guy's a conditioning coach or this and that. I came into this sport uh, 40 years ago, 31 years ago in the pros. And when I came into the sport, you never heard of a conditioning coach. So mm. I also like to go on the runs with the guys. I, I like to do everything with these guys. You know, and you hear people, like I said, talking about conditioning coach. You know, when did that just come along? 10, 15 years ago? I don't know. But that being said, I, I, I like to, you know, hands-on in every aspect. 
making the weight with them, doing the conditioning with them. And to me, uh, that's the way I was brought into the sport. And, uh, and I love the challenge. Absolutely, man. Uh, so I got a question here from the public. Jazz says, what do you think about Dominican Elvis Rodriguez? Do you think his output is too low and that is what contributes to his loss? Um, you know, I like Elvis Rodriguez a lot. I think he's a very talented fighter. You know, at the end of the day, it's unfortunate that we're in a sport where, you know, one loss or one performance is the be all and the end all, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that's un uh, unfortunate. I think we got to kind of change that because we don't know what's going on in, in the background with these guys. You know, uh, I, you know, I can speak on it now. I can remember going into an HBO fight and I think it was the night or the day before, maybe two days before somewhere in that nature with Robert Guerrero. And he got a call from the Stanford hospital, basically the doctor saying, Hey, look, your, your wife's got maybe two weeks to live. If that, mm. you know, so there's a lot of things that go on in the background where we don't know what's going on in people's personal lives. Or, you know, uh, again, another case with Robert Guerrero, when we fought Malcolm Clausen, two-time world champion, we couldn't spar going into the fight. He told me, Hey, you can't pull me out of this fight. I need the money. I got to pay for my wife's medical bills at the time. Like I said, when he was at Stanford, this was another time. And he had a broken hand for the entire camp and went into the fight with a broken hand. You know what I mean? So some people, oh, he's not letting his left hand go a little bit. So, you know, there's a lot of things that, that are in play that a lot of people uh, don't know. And a lot of these guys and the top guys, a lot of times just don't make any excuses. So I don't want to put too much on one performance. For sure, man, for sure. Um, so, Coach, I... I uh, I was just going to stay on Adamus because I watched the interviews that you did with Broadway Joel, so it's fresh in my mind, and uh, shout out to Broadway Joel. Um, but you seemed pretty adamant that these guys won't fight Adamus. Um, you know, he's a very difficult fighter, like I said. I mean, if I'm managing some of these other guys, I'm, I'm going to stay away from him like the bubonic plague. You know, the guy's very, very, very talented. And like I said, when he gets prepared for a fight, I don't think there's anybody out there that can beat him. So uh, I, I wouldn't be rushing to get in the ring with him. He could fight left-handed. He could fight right-handed. He could fight on the inside. He could fight on the outside. He could fight on all three levels. He can give, me, give you a lot of different angles. And he could punch. And so uh, I think it's going to be very difficult to get a fight with Charlo or, or somebody of that nature. I have the utmost respect for the Charlos, too. I've known them for, for years. I've seen them swar many, many times with Ares Landilaro, who's one of my fighters, obviously. And so I have the utmost respect for them. I, I, I think, you know, they're, they're unbelievable. And uh, proof is in the pudding. You, know, you guys not 32-0 and 0 for nothing. That said, uh, Carlos Adam is completely prepared. All things being equal, he's completely prepared. I feel confident that Carlos Adamas would beat him. So are they going to be interested to get in the ring with him? I don't think so. Is, are you I, more than a, I'm just is, yeah. I'm leading up here. Yeah. I'm leading up, baby. We just warming up. Are you more than just Adamas's trainer or are you just the trainer and is the business handled by others? Yeah, I'm just right now just, uh, just focusing as his trainer and, uh, you know, uh, Louis DeCubis Jr. And obviously Al Heyman, uh, they're the ones that call the shots. And, you know, we just follow their lead like the Pipe Piper. So, as far as you know, is anyone going to represent Carlos at the WBC convention next week? Him being the silver champion, or excuse me, interim champion, 
and Charlo being the full champion, you guys can request for that fight to happen rather than ask Charlo to take it, force that fight to happen. Charlo hasn't had a mandatory, I mean, I like to call you the almanac. Do you remember? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been a minute. Well, so if someone's there next week, we are present. Tickets bought. We're booked. We're going. Um, Lewickovich is going to be there to present something, quote unquote, big for Benavidez. So that has to be approved. Um, I'm just recommending maybe someone is there for Carlos to push the envelope. If you want this fight, again, the champion, until he's mandated a mandatory, he can pick voluntary. So he doesn't have to voluntarily pick Carlos Adamas. Uh, definitely. Carlos will be there next week. I just uh, spoke okay. to him yesterday, so he'll be there. And obviously, uh, again, that's a fight that uh, that he wants, that we want. Beautiful. And uh, I don't know why it couldn't be made. It's in-house. I think it would be a great fight. Are you willing to do it in Houston? We can do it anywhere. We could do it in Houston. We can do it in his backyard. We could do it at uh, Ronnie Shields' gym. Ronnie's a good friend of mine. I feel I feel the utmost confidence in Carlos Adamas uh, being victorious against uh, Charlo. Now, again, uh, because you're not the manager or anything, um, the picking of Houston or location obviously doesn't fall to you. But do you think he would have an issue going to the hometown of Charlo? No. Um, uh, Carlos Adamas is a very, very, very competent guy. I mean, I, I give you, you know, a little background going into the Montiel fight. Um, Unfortunately, at the time, he was here on a work visa, I mean, a, uh, a tourist visa. And, you know, you're taking a big gamble if you do that because then they could uh, keep you out of the country for 10 years, so on and so forth. So at the last second, we got red flags, so he had to get a, a work visa. In order to get a work visa, you got to leave the country. You apply for it. You got to be outside of the country to get the work visa. So we had to leave outside of the country. They told us it's going to be maybe one to three days. It ended up being two weeks. We were in Mexico City. Obviously, you're not eating the type of foods that you would be eating and preparing in camp. You know, the travel's different. Getting to the gyms is different. The, the, the whole nine yards. So did you already have, a, a, I guess, a connection? Why Mexico City? Well, the reason we wanted to go to Mexico City was because you just have to be outside the country. And we felt it would be a direct flight and it'd be closer than having to fly to Florida then to the Dominican and so we could just do a, a, a okay. one-stop shop and, and one flight there. That being said, uh, they told us we we're going to get it within one to three days. It didn't happen. Wednesday was going into the way, and Friday, they said, okay, the visa's coming in. We can't leave the country. So, you know, we're, okay, good, we got it. Now it doesn't come in again. His is the only visa that didn't come in. So now we're like, oh, my God. So now we're going into Thursday. Mm. And if it doesn't come in within an hour or two, Fights off. Wow. So now we're, we're in a loading dock waiting for a visa, trying to make weight. We finally get the visa Thursday. Now there's no flights to get out to the fight. Finally, uh, Sylvia Owens-Brown finds us a flight. We get on the last second flight. We come in the Friday night. We had to go through customs for like three and a half hours. If you know LAX and customs, is, it's insane. Mm -hmm. After a you know, five-hour flight no sleep, have to make weight, and then still put on the performance that he did. So, like I said, Carlos Adamas, he's a different animal. I mean, if, if you would have known what he had to go through to be prepared, to get ready for that fight, I mean, it was insane. Most fighters, I would have pulled him out of the fight, but I, did, I know he's a different 
animal. And obviously, uh, he proved it that night. That, that's what I wanted to ask. So what was it that you saw even going through the adversity that you just knew it doesn't matter? He's got this in the bag. Yeah, just his determination. Um, also going into the fight, I think it might have been seven weeks before the fight. He just lost his baby daughter. Mm. Um, so he had to fly back to Dominican for two, three days, bury her. So yeah, that's why getting back to like the Alvis Rodriguez things, you know, obviously Carlos was able to compartmentalize and, and, and get the victory done, but everybody's different. Some people can't compartmentalize. So uh, with Rodriguez, we don't know what he's going through, like going into the fight. Nobody knew that we had the visa problems. Nobody knew that we were an hour away from the fight being canceled. Uh, nobody knew that he had just lost his daughter, you know, seven weeks previous, uh, you know, to the fight. So those are a lot of things that go on that people just, don't factor in. And unfortunately, if you play basketball, baseball, or even football, hey, next week there's an, another game. Baseball, tomorrow there's another game. Basketball, tomorrow night there's another game. Unfortunately, with fighters, you know, it, it's tough because they're judged really harshly on one fight, and then you don't get another opportunity for maybe six months, a year, maybe longer. And I think that's unfortunate. Definitely, man. Um, is there any plan uh or date for a return for Adamus, or are we just waiting? Um, obviously, like I said, he'll he'll go to the WBC convention next week, and let's see how things play out. Um, obviously, we would love a fight with Charlo. We would love a fight with uh, Caleb Plant. Uh, but, uh, you know, the powers that be, and we'll have to see how everything plays itself out. It sounds to me like Plant, Benavidez, those guys are going to be busy First quarter, is there any other 68 options? Um, obviously, we can't do David Morrell because I'm involved with him too. So, yeah. uh, but uh, Fights this weekend. Yeah, we, we got him going uh, uh, this weekend. Uh, and So he's in a real tough fight, and uh, hopefully he's victorious in that. And then maybe we can do the uh, fight with uh, Benavides. Now, he's been down there in Houston with Ronnie, but I know your son's obviously down there as well. Yeah, yeah, we've been involved with him for a long time, even before when he was training in Minnesota. So we've been part of his career, obviously, since the, since the start. But uh, so obviously that that's one fight I wouldn't do is uh, Morale and Adamas because we have both fighters. But uh, outside of that, like I said, I'd put Adamas in with anybody at 60 or 68. Mm. Now, Coach, let's talk about the year. Four world champions, correct? Mm -hmm. You've had uh, thus far this year. And, you know... Being honest, a lot of guys we didn't see being in that position. Uh, you guys kept shocking the world time after time after time. Um, what moment this year has been the the, the most memorable? Uh, obviously, it was Hector Garcia beating Chris Colbert because what he accomplished to me, I you know, obviously the betting lines, most betting lines had it a 22, 24 to uh, 1 underdog. Some betting Damn. lines obviously had it. No, I never bet on my fighters. He wanted to bet, by the way, and I said, no, we don't do that. But uh, that being said, uh, you know, Caesars had him a 50-to-1 underdog. Oh, my God. And then, you, 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 you know, you take into consideration, you know. Cole, Why you ain't let that man put $100 on himself, Coach? <laughs> Damn, 50-to-1? All right. Yeah, that's what it was in, in, at Caesars. What? You know, what, what's interesting about it is when you look at uh, Ruiz versus Joshua, Obviously, the names and it's heavyweight and that know, was sixteen to one. That's what I'm saying. So, you, so when you take in terms of the last thirty years, 
How many guys have been no, over Buster 20 No, Buster Douglas something? was like, what, 32 or 41? 42? 40, 44. You know, wow. He, so he was a 50 to 1 at the high end. And, and you could see why. Colbert's only lost four rounds in his entire career. We had 19 days to prepare for the fight. And to me, um, what he accomplished and what, what we did to stay focused in that limited time, the weight that we had to lose. Um, Walk us through those 19 days. So not just what he had to go through, how much did he have to lose? Oh, we had to lose quite a bit. We had to lose quite a bit. I don't, I don't want to say how much, but it yeah, was... Yeah, because was, he was only here to watch a fight and end up getting a fight. Well, you know what's funny is, so he comes here, obviously, because I have Mario Barrios. So he comes here to watch Barrios versus Thurman. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm thinking, oh, poor kid, he's going to be here so long, you know, and uh, he's staying with me. And I says, man, why don't we go out to eat, you know? And so we, we go out and we have an In-N-Out burger. And he goes, man, this isn't like you, coach. You know what I mean? And But I, in my head, I'm thinking, oh, my God, you know, he might be here a long time before we can get a fight. So mm. I'm thinking, yeah. And then we're getting to, you know, go to Smoothie King. And he's, oh, this is fantastic. And mm -hmm. then we got the call. And uh, Louis DeCubis Jr. calls me up. And he says, hey, Bob, can, uh, can Hector be prepared to fight? And I says, okay, when? He says, like, 20 days. And mm. I'm like, oh, okay, against who? Chris Colbert. I said, Chris Colbert, 20 days? I says, wow, let me talk to Hector. And we had a long conversation, and we both looked at each other and said, you know what, opportunities are far and few between in this sport. And he's been plugging That's away right. for a long time. And we said, you know what, man, feast or famine, high risk, high reward, let's go for it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that was really the turning point, you know. And I think it was the turning point for guys like Pueyo and even Adamas for people to realize Hey, these Dominican fighters have given the opportunity and prepared. They're as good as anybody. And uh, right now, if you think about it, there's more world champions in the Dominican than there is uh, in Cuba, Puerto Rico, and the Philippines combined. I think that's the first time in history. Mm. And wow. Nothing, well, you're, I, I, you're I, I'm going to stir so. the pot, man. Forget all that Go Dominican. Ahead. I'm going to stir the pot. Uh, speaking of Dominican, who is Pueyo fighting? Uh, again, no, 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 no. You know you heard something because we definitely heard something. So I'm giving you the told, floor. I, I, I'm giving you the floor to told, say it first. I was told. I was told that you know offers were being sent out and that an offer was signed and Pueyo turned it down. Oh, for, for December, I he had the fight for December seventeenth pay per view undercard. Well, Ooh, that was a deep I, breath right there, I, Santos. I, 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 well, because I I could tell you this. Um, I know Pueyo very very well. Uh, you don't fight the Russian that we just fought. And any of the names that you're talking about, where it's Liam Parham, whether it's uh, Russell. No, that's what we heard is getting the fight. But the other one that took it and, ne and, and now is not is uh, the heard, one that already beat a Dominican. Uh, you, you guys got me at a loss for words. I heard Kenny Sims and one other individual... Received offers for a Pueyo fight for December seventeenth. Russell, uh, you know that that that's news to me. He hasn't he hasn't been here with me. He hasn't been training with me. So, mm. um, but I can tell you one thing: for anybody to think that we would turn down Russell, for anybody to think we would turn down Sims. Matter of fact, I had Sims in my gym the other day sparring one of my guys, Kevin Brown. I could ask him how that went. Um, <laughs> so, so, and he only has uh, two pro fights. That being said, uh, 
There's no way on God's green. There's no way on God's green earth that uh, I wouldn't put Pueyo in with any 140 pounder, any 140 pounder. Uh, I, I, I mean, but I can see all. a way where Sims doesn't make sense. Come on. You just fought the Russian, you know, maybe your team is looking for a bigger name. Well, at the end of the day, again, with him too, would we love a Josh Taylor? Of course. Will we love to fight Russell? Yeah, he's got a big name. We'll fight any of those guys. Uh, just just give us the time. Give us proper uh, time to prepare for the fight. Obviously, he's the world champion. You give us an eight-week camp, we'll fight anybody. So there was no truth now, to Now, the- if we weren't a world champion and we needed four weeks, we've proven with Garcia that we will take these kind of risks, and, and that's the type of team we have mm-hmm. with Louis Cubas Jr. and myself. We'll take that type of risk. And Pueyo, same, th- same thing to be said. But, again, he's the world champion. Give us an eight-week camp, and I don't care who those guys are. We'll fight any of those guys at 140. Was there any truth to the rumor of T.O. getting the Pueyo fight for the Heisman date or whatever? Is that... That's not true because it's a whole top-ranked PBC thing? Um, again, that would be news to me. I, I, that, that's never been brought up to me. But I could tell you one thing. Any person at 140 pounds, I would not turn down. Yeah, but I mean, would the business of boxing allow a Pueyo and a, and a, and a Tiafimo? Oh, I would love to do that fight. I, I, get, I guess that would depend on Bob Arum. I on, mean, on Bob. Yeah, because, you know, if I, to me... I'll give you an example. Um, Shakur Stevenson. Mm-hmm. You know, I heard him after he won the title at 30. He said he wanted all the belts. Mm-hmm. I said, well, that's fantastic. You got Hector Garcia. We're ready to go. Not a problem. The very next day, I hear Bob Arum saying, oh, some of these guys, we don't need the belts. Who cares about these guys? This and that. And so to me, I think Bob Arum, if a fight isn't – a 60-40 at minimum, if not a 70-30 in his eyes, they never do those fights. You know, you're willing to do Crawford versus Porter. I guess you feel confident you're going to win that fight. You're willing to do Fury versus Wilder. I guess you feel confident you're going to do that fight. We could have did that fight with Shakur and, and Hector Luis Garcia. It would have been an easy fight to have been done. Do you really think you really think that a fight with PBC and, and Bob Arum in top rank would have been an easy fight to do? They did Wilder versus Fury. They did Porter versus Crawford. But in my, in, in my estimation, Bob's a shrewd businessman. He's a smart boxing guy. You got Bruce Trampler. You got a Brad Goodman I know very well. And they're some of the best in the game. They're the best ma- some of the best matchmakers in the game. And if they feel it's in their favor, they're going to make those fights. And the fights that they don't feel are not in their favor, those fights just somehow never happen. It's just the facts. Lomachenko versus Haney. Uh, in, back in the day. Uh, so I got Brandon in Houston and says, thanks for coming on, Coach. Do you think it's possible to become a world champion despite having a big deficiency in power in one hand, meaning one side packs much less of a punch than the other? Side note, I think you should be looking into commentating. You have the voice for being an analyst. Uh, much appreciated. Um uh, again, you know, punching power, it's always a great thing to have. It's a great equalizer. We all understand that. But that being said, um, you know, look at a Pauli Malignaggi, you know, uh, Pernell Whitaker, a lot of people, you know, uh, Ronnie obviously worked with him. I know Ronnie very, very well. And and, and uh, you look at a Pernell Whitaker, I, I think some people underestimate his punching power to a degree, but it wasn't like he was a tremendous puncher. And you look at the career he had. So, you know, um, there's, there's a, 
many different ways you can skin a cat. So, you know, some guys, like Paula Menagie's world champion, um, you know, so I, I don't think it's, it's something that can limit you uh, to becoming a world champion, that said. So uh, walk us through the fight with Adamus and Charlo. Since you think he won't take it, why? What is it about Adamus that Charlo hasn't seen, especially being in there with Laura, you know, vast amateur background? Maybe that's why he won't be taking the fight. I mean, I, Laura I, and Adamus, two different people. No, I understand that. But um, uh, that, that said, um, the sparrings that I seen, again, I, I have the utmost respect for Charlo, but at that point in time, uh, obviously, Laura was the much better fighter. Mm-hmm. And to say anything else, you know, w- w- would be a lie. Has, has, have they improved since that time? Sure. And obviously, Laura's gotten older. But prime for prime, um, I just think Laura was the better fighter. I seen it in the ring every day. In, in a lot of sparring sessions, uh, again, when you get the little gloves on, it's a different thing. One punch can change something. Uh, but Laura proved against Canelo, a guy, a guy who can punch. I thought he won that fight. So I think he would have been able to handle Charlo's punching power. And so uh, Charlo, to me, uh, he had a lot of uh, problems with that south ball stance with, with Laura. And again, Adamus can fight south ball or he can fight right hand and he can do a plethora of different things. And I just think Adamus has faster hands. I, 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 I believe he's the bigger puncher. And, uh, and I believe he's multifaceted. He's very creative. You know, I think uh, Charlo, as good as they are, as strong as they are, and, and, and very fundamentally, basically sound, I just don't think he's as creative and can do as many things as Adamus can do. So uh, just to be clear, do, uh, as far as you know, has there ever been an offer sent to Charlo to face Adamus? Not to my knowledge. Um, you know, obviously we just uh, won this fight with Montiel. And, uh, you know, it's only been a couple weeks. The WBC convention will be coming up but next week. this fight, oh, you not, sure there wasn't anything? Not, th- not to my knowledge, no. Because I'm pretty sure Adamus told me and Danny that he's fighting Montiel because Charlo didn't want to fight. Oh, in terms of, uh, oh, for the title, yeah, we had to fight him. He, now, as far as a contract being sent over to him, I don't know about that. As far as calling him out, we called out Hammy Mangia. We called out Charlo. Um, but as far as a, a direct contract being sent to him, I, I don't know that to my knowledge. Coach, you brought him up. I just got to ask real quick. What you think of the guys Hammy Mangia have been fighting? Because they just announced his next opponent. And Hyman turned off his comments on Instagram. Like, you know this this opponent's so bad that you don't want to hear the backlash from the people. Well, the, you know, I, I'm disappointed in, in a couple uh, uh, aspects. One, I'm disappointed with Mangia and them because, you know, we wanted that fight. Uh, we called him out. Uh, you know, when we were getting ready for the Devonchenko fight, obviously, um, it was an eliminator. Mm-hmm. And in that eliminator... Mangia was the mandatory. And so at that point in time, a lot of people were favoring Devonchenko to beat uh, 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 Adamus. Adamus based on, you know, the Texera fight, how he's looked in the past, uh, you know, whatever those problems may be. So 
it was a foregone conclusion he was going to win that fight. And then they were ready to fight Davinchenko. Yep. Um, we won the fight. Fight was right there to be made as eliminator. And the next thing you know, uh, the fight's not happening. So um, I, I think Oscar, you know, has a little bit of a history of this too. I don't know. Maybe it's smart business practice. Um, but, you know, you talk about Tank and Ryan Garcia. They're back and forth. This fight's going to happen, this and that. And then, you know, I don't know. Mangia, he's going to fight, uh, you know, Demachenko. He loses. Now, now he can fight Charlo. I mean, uh, fight Adamas. And it doesn't, it doesn't happen because they're for like, oh, Adamas doesn't want to fight him. I mean, I, I don't know what to say. To me, it, it's almost like, you know, playing with the fans and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And at the end of the day, you're finding some way to find a divide so the fight doesn't go through. That's what I kind of see. Absolutely, man. It's it's quite unfortunate, like you said, because the fans, you know, you build us up, you let us down, you build us up, you let us down. I got another one coming in from Victor Vanuelos. He says, what's up, coach? In your opinion, do you need to start taking pay cuts? No, excuse me. In your opinion, do fighters need to start taking pay cuts? I think that the main reason the sport isn't getting the big fight it deserves, I understand that fighters are warriors, but it's hard to believe your life is in danger only fighting twice a year. Truck drivers, police officers, firefighters, et cetera, risk their lives every single day. What are your thoughts? Well, you know, you can't put everything on the fighter, right? Because they have a team. And fighters are warriors. And virtually every fighter I've been involved with, I'll give an example, uh, again, going back to Robert Guerrero. I was with him since he was 14 years old. I managed his career. I helped game plan for him. I was in every single camp helping him prepare for fights. Not, not, one, not that CrossFit camp. No, 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 no. I didn't like that. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I, I didn't like that. But I was still in the camp for the to sparring and so on and so forth. I mean, you know, you know, you know how that goes. But that being said, with him, I never heard him one time ask me what he was going to make for a fight. Mm. Not one time did he ever ask me what he was going to make for a fight. Wow. Never. So, so a lot of these fighters, you got to remember, you got family members, you got a manager, you got a promoter and they get in these guys ears and you know, it's like, Oh, well you deserve more than that or whatever the case may be. We don't know. And then obviously sometimes you have managers that say, Hey, you know what? It's not about this. You know, we're, we're going to take a little shortcoming here to get to where we need to go. Mm -hmm. We want the glory. And that's a Hector Luis Garcia. Whatever it takes. You could have paid him $2 to fight Chris Colbert. You might not have paid him. We might have gave Chris Colbert 100 bucks to get in the ring with him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So mentalities and the people around you, you know, and getting to the Terrence Crawford thing with Spence, I'm perplexed by that one uh, more than anything. And the thing that perplexes me the most is I think he would have had a career-high payday to fight Spence. There's no doubt in my mind. And even if he wouldn't, let's just say the fight would have been exactly the same amount of money what he's making for this fight where I think he did himself a disservice. And I don't think it's so much him. I think it's the people around him. You had a chance that may never come back now to set yourself apart as an all-time great. Cause he goes out there and beats Spence. He's now he's a pound for pound fighter. Maybe he still is an all-time great, but I'm talking about in any era 
an all-time great, not just his era. I think if he would have went out there and beat Spence convincingly, there's no doubt that he, you know what I mean? He could have been an all-time great in a plethora of eras. Mm. So I, I think he really let that slip through his hands. Now, now Earl Spence came out in the last 48 hours and uh, posted that he will spin the block when it comes to that fight, meaning he's going to revisit it. I, and I don't blame him because he, he, on the flip side, he's in that position too because the winner of that fight really sets himself apart, right? You, you, you're, you're really setting the stage as an all-time great. You know, that, that's a, that, to me, you know, it's one thing you, be, you beat a world champion, you, you beat this guy or you beat a solid guy, you beat an Ugas, and that's fantastic. But when you go out there and you compete and you know it's two of the absolute best and you come out on top, now we're talking the Roberto Durans, the Sugar Ray Leonard's, you know, the Tommy Hearns's. So I, I think, of course, he, he wants to set himself apart. So I can imagine him wanting to do that. But then again, sometimes when the ship sails, uh, it may never come back. I don't know. Since you brought up Spence and, and, and Crawford in the failed negotiations, obviously Crawford decided to fight David Avenesian. And uh, Spence had another tweet where he said, fight announcement soon. Who do you think he chooses to fight? Um, you know, I was uh, watching uh, or looking online at, uh, what is it, Boxing 24? And uh, they were saying uh, Keith Thurman. So, I mean, I guess that's the next best available that you possibly could fight. Do you like that fight, Keith Thurman? Would do, is that the one you would prefer? I mean, obviously, since you can't get Crawford. I think that's the best available fight for him, no doubt in my mind. And, Not Boots. Uh, well, you know what? Boots may be the better fighter, but does he, has the, does he have the better resume? I don't know. He may be the better fighter, but we got to see you against that level of competition. In my mind, he's the goods, mm -hmm. right? And obviously, he's going to have to bide his time, and he's going to have to beat somebody of note to garner those types of fights. I'm sure they know that. So like I said, maybe, maybe he beats Keith Thurman. I don't know. Um, but that being said, Keith Thurman has the better resume. He's done more. He's earned the opportunity. And I think at this point in time, that's the fight that makes sense. Now, Boots also went to Twitter and said, fight coming soon. Is, is Barrios getting a call? Because I know Barrios is out here. With, is Barrios still at welterweight? Yeah, he's at welterweight. He's training with me right now. I'm his head coach. So he's been out here training, and, uh, and uh, we're trying to stay in shape and, 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 and get prepared. But uh, I, I haven't heard that. Would you advise how would you advise Barrios if he called you said coach man this is what Al offered me man boots Ennis well I think keeping it a hundred and and that's the type of person I am I've always been in this game straightforward I think at this point you came off losing to tank right mm -hmm. now you had a loss to Thurman mm -hmm. I think the best thing he can do right now is we need to go out there fight somebody that we can get a win, get our bearings back. Because, you know, I was his head coach from his first pro fight till he was number one in the world. At that point, you know, they decided to go in a different direction uh, with Virgil Hunter. And now he's back with me. And so that being said, it's going to take a little bit of time for us to, you know, uh, 
Build them back. Build, build them back. I think we need at least one or two fights because talent-wise, at 147, Boot's probably the, the most talented. He may be the best. Um, obviously, he's going to have to prove it, and he's going to have to get that opportunity. But uh, that being said, I don't think you go into a fight like that until you have at least minimum one fight to get your bearings, if not two. Because that's a very, very difficult fight for anybody. For sure. And listen, I'm not trying to put pressure, just trying to get a short list. Know who's available, who's an option, and who's not. Like, we spoke to Ibn Kaysen, who is the trainer of Cody Crowley. He's gotten no call. We spoke to the trainer of uh, Rashidi Ellis. They've gotten no call. And it just seems like a lot of a lot of guys in the welterweight division, obviously, were being held up by the Spence Crawford yeah. fight because everybody wanted to see what's going to happen because if it doesn't happen now, you know, if you're a PBC guy ranked pretty high, you trying to get the Earl fight yeah. now. It's it's there for you. Everyone now, shifted so. from Earl fighting Crawford to now. Uh oh, I can be that possible Earl Spence opponent, but. Um, when you're talking about Barrios in his next welterweight fight, what sort of uh, opponent are you looking at to get that win? Rashidi Ellis fought someone by the name of Jose Mofudo. Uh, do you remember that fight? It was ended in one round. It was a scheduled eight round. He got him down about two times. Or is the name the name you're looking for more like a Jose Cito Lopez level of name, former world champion, someone like that? What? What is the comeback fight for Barrios that you're looking, thinking of? You know, uh, for me, my job is to prepare him for whoever they put in front of us, right? I, I, as a boxing guy, just looking at it, like I said, I, I think it would be good to get a good fight, get his feet wet, so on and so forth. At the end of the day, uh, Louis DeCubis Jr., Al Heyman, uh, you know, they're the ones guiding the ship they'll be the ones that make that decision. I don't know. They may come to me and say, hey, this is what it is. It's Boots Ennis. I mean, but then it's your job to say, yeah, guys, I don't think that well, he's ready. Well, well, at the end of the day, if they're managing, they're guiding him, and they're making that decision, and he comes to me and he says, this is the fight that I want. I can, I can advise against thing. hey, I think this is the better way to go, but if that's what they so choose to do, right, then, hey, guess what? I got to prepare him. That's my job is to pre prepare him the best I can to win fights. Same thing like you said with Robert Guerrero. I advised him. I don't think CrossFit is probably a good uh, road for you to go down. We've won six world championships not doing it. Mm -hmm. You're one of the few people that have won a, a featherweight championship. I think uh, Manny Pacquiao, Henry Armstrong, and Robert Guerrero are the only guys to win a, a featherweight championship and a welterweight championship. So I says, hey, we've been pretty successful without this, but it went, when some of these guys are dead set on what they're going to do and you ain't changing their mind, <laughs> it is what it is. That check must have been pretty nice, coach. What's that? I said the check must have been pretty nice, right? Well, I mean, at the end of the day, you ain't going to change somebody from doing what they want to do. You that's know what I mean? And, and so it's like, okay, if that's what you feel you need to be prepared, you're, they're going to do their aspect and we're going to work with you in the gym and game plan the best that we can and, and with what we have. So what's next for Garcia now? Uh, you know, we're not, we're not sure. We're just waiting on the phone, whatever Louie and Al, uh, determined. Um, you know, like I said, we, I wanted that Shakur fight. Obviously now he, he didn't make weight. That's he says he's going to, now. yeah, yeah. So that, that, you know, who knows, you know, so we're just 
waiting by the phone. It looks and- like uh, Oscar Valdez and Emmanuel Navarrete will be fighting for that, for uh, at least one of those vacant titles that Shakur um, just left behind. Since you, think, since you think that the uh, relationship is open with Bob into doing business, do you think, or would you be interested in the winner of that fight, Valdez of, or Navarrete? Of course. We'd be willing to fight any of those guys. Um, Dominican versus Mexican. Yeah, yeah. We'd be willing to fight any any one of those guys. That's and, like uh, me and you, champ. <laughs> yeah. And that said, uh, obviously, uh, I'd be rolling hard with uh, Hector Luis Garcia. How how was it working two championship corners at night? You know, it was difficult in this not not just the the night of the fight. Um, I think a lot of people don't understand um, to prepare two guys uh, on the same day in world championship fights, and 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 again, you want to leave no stone unturned is very difficult because you had to be on point with both guys, and then you have to make weight. And again, I'm old school, so I like to be involved in every aspect. When I came into this sport, we, we, you didn't know a, a coach is everything. He takes the guy running. He does the conditioning. He makes the weight with the guy. He does everything. That's when I came into, into the sport. That's how I was taught. That's how I was groomed. And so from that aspect, you know, we have to make weight. We're doing every, everything that we need to be done. And then the other difficult part was – as the fight is playing out and Hector's done, we didn't have any break in between, you know? So it was like, boom, you know, there's no fight in between. I to tell you the truth. I don't know how many uh, head coaches have won world championships in the same night, let alone back to back. You know what I mean? So, you, you know, you got to, I had to guide 24 straight rounds of championship boxing. And I'll tell you that Russian. Wait, there was no fight in between? There was, was no back, fight in, back to back. They didn't even give us a fight in between. So now that both of your guys have the belts mm-hmm. and now that you are the champs, um, would you ever, if you had to say, would you ever not do that? Well, or would you space? Because I feel like you can't really space them out now. They're both world champions. So it's not like you could put one guy deep on the undercard because he's a world champion, right? So you're going to have to go back-to-back back if they do it again. Well, I mean, you could uh, obviously fight on different dates. You know, they don't have to right. fight on the same date. But but that being said, I mean, you know, in a perfect world, that was the opportunity that was presented to us. And obviously, we, we couldn't turn that down. And that's why I'm saying about, like, uh, Alberto Puello and about Hector. When we talk about these different names and, oh, I heard uh, Puello turn this down. No. I mean, the, I, I know these guys. No. Um, it's very difficult. Think about it. Your head coach is not with you in the locker room and you know, going into that fight, Hey, maybe you guys need to put, no, 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 I'm going to win this fight. That's fine. Let Bob take care of Hector and and then we'll go from there. Um, so, so who, who was, uh, tending to play you while you were with Garcia in the corner? So when I was with Garcia, we were all in the locker room together. Obviously we went out to the fight and, a guy, a kid that I have, uh, I'm sure you're all familiar with, uh, DJ Zamora, Black Apino. He used to train at Floyd Mayweather's gym. And yes. Floyd nicknamed him famously in the All Axes as Black Apino. Uh, he's 10 and 0 now, nine knockouts. He'll be on that fight card November 5th. And he's one of my fighters too. So his father helps me in the gym all the time. So I told him, you know, stay back with him. 
and just kind of warm him up, keep him warm, so on and so forth. And, uh, and, and then we took care of business from there. Okay. Okay, okay. Let me see if we got anything else from the people. I'm going to give a refresh here. So after November 5th, what else do you have scheduled for your fighters, Coach? Um, for any of them. I have uh, Denier Perot is going to be fighting, uh, making his uh, uh, heavyweight debut, the 2020 Olympian. He was a Pan Am uh, a gold medal winner. Where's that debut? It'll be in Wyoming. He'll be oh. making his debut in Wyoming on a small card out there in Wyoming. Uh, you know, he just defected from Cuba and let him get his feet wet and so on and so forth. And then, uh, and then I have uh, Eric Cordova going uh, December 11th, and that'll be at the WBA convention in Orlando. Okay. So We hope to be there. Oh, hope great. Yeah. You got to have Ness there, man. If you yeah. ain't there, it ain't going to be rocking. Yeah, I hope to be there. Yeah, because I have a house in Florida, so we were talking about that one being right there in Orlando. It's only a two-and-a-half or 45-minute drive, two hours and 45 minutes. Mm. Yeah, not that bad, though. To make it every day, though? I mean, we could stay the week. Okay, yeah. Yeah, we could stay the week. It all depends. I've never been to a WBA, so I want to go. I've been to WBC. Those are fun. Those are fun. Never. I'm shocked you're not going to be there. The WBA, I'll have to be there because uh, I have Cordova fighting. Um, the WBC, I'm not sure yet. Maybe I, maybe, maybe I might make the last second trip yeah, out mean, there. If, if Carlos going to be there, I think you should be there, man. Yeah, we got to get out there. You know, a lot, of pe a, a lot of people come just for that one day of meetings, like where yeah. the where all the fights are ordered and stuff, mm -hmm. and that's Wednesday. Because that's, that's the fight that you so get to... That's like, a week, like I that's a week saying, from tomorrow. I keep saying Virgil Ortiz needs to show up mm -hmm. Wednesday and say, Mauricio, what the fuck are you doing? Like, he fought Barrios. I've fought three welterweights in a row. Like, I deserve to be mandatory, not Keith. But... Uh, Keith was placed in some sort of status like Vitaly Klitschko. They actually sent me Mauricio's quote. I don't know if you've uh, seen that. Um, when everything happened, he was placed in some sort of emeritus status like Vitaly Klitschko, and he is owed a direct shot at the champion. So well, regardless... I, I, I don't know, because it was so long ago, so I just don't... It was almost three years ago. I don't know how that works. I so. mean, body of work... I think Keith Thurman deserves that fight. Mm. You know, I think he's earned it. He's only had one loss against Manny Pacquiao. And again, the backstory to him, not making excuses for him, but I know he had bone spurs in his elbow. Mm -hmm. Hand was real jacked up. So his lead hand was really uh, screwed up going into the fight. Obviously, he didn't want to turn down the opportunity, still thinking he could beat Pacquiao. It didn't play out that uh -oh. way. But you so, know. so you wasn't going to tell Bob that Kenny was listening and, and, and said all this already? Mm. <laughs> Added you to his story. Oh, that's great. And I he see. said, Bob Santos just got on this interview and straight up lied. I sparred dude one time in August. I beat the shit out of that boy from round one to eight. I also, saw, I also sparred Puello multiple times. Asked him how that went, though. They offered me to fight. With Puello and y'all turned it down. So stop capping on the boxing voice. That 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 was never brought to my attention. I've seen him spar Puello many times. That was never brought to never brought to me about the fight. So how did and, and Kevin, the and, and, and Kevin Brown? We're there every day. Every, every day, you and Coach K come by anytime you want. We bring the cameras in for that. Not a problem. <laughs> No, only the boxing voice. Hold on. Only the boxing voice. It started here. It started here. Only the boxing voice. 
But I got I got big time respect for for Sims. That's he, he's he's a hell of a fighter. But again, uh, why would it be different with Sims versus you know? Because obviously Sims did what he did to Rodriguez. That's mm-hmm. fresh in people's mind. He's mm-hmm. a Dominican. Mm-hmm. Why would it be different? Well, Poyo's a different fighter. Obviously, um, he's a long southpaw. Uh, you know, and you know, Sims is a good fighter, but I, I just think I just think Puello's a, 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 a level above. You, you know, that that's that's my opinion. Um, so, and it may sound biased, obviously, because he's my fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, uh, like I said, Sims, uh, go get in that go get in that ring with that Russian, and let's see how well that goes. Why don't we start there? Uh, do you Why think, don't we start there? Was that the best of Puello, in your opinion, that we've seen in that title shot? Well, I, I think so in, in, in terms of if you look at what he, what he had to fight, he had to change up what kind of a style fighter he is in, in that fight in order to win that fight, right? So he showed a lot of grit. Uh, he showed a lot of bite down. And, and like I said, uh, that Russian's no joke. Mm-hmm. And uh, and anybody who wants to get in the ring with him, you know what I mean. Earn your shot. Get in there with those Russians, like David Morale that we have fighting November fifth. You know he to me he's fighting a better fighter than Benavides has ever fought at, at any point in his career. Mm. Sims got an awful lot of respect for you. Hey, go in there and fight that Russian. Go find out how easy that is. Everybody wants a direct line to the top, right? Without going through the fire. Sparring's one thing. But wouldn't you say that Sims, and I don't want to make this like I'm beating the drum for him, but just because you said that it triggered I got, this. I got the utmost respect for him. No, but for the I mean, guy, you said yeah. that, so it triggered this. He went through uh, a heavily touted Dominican that was only knocking he, people out. So he he did Ro- go no, through no, the Rod- fire. Rodriguez, great, great fighter, and so on and so forth. But that, that Russian is different. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> that Russian is different. I can tell you. I've been to Freddie Roach's gym many, many, many times. I've been around Rodriguez. That Russian's different. Mm. So, Any more questions from the people? Yeah, I'm actually doing a little bit. I'm trying to find. Kenny's actually booked for the show. The money. Because <laughs> he, he messaged me. He's like, I'll be there Sunday. I'm like, I'll be in Mexico. But the Monday after, I got you. We'll get you on the show. See, we get everybody on the show. Yes. We love everybody. We do. We you do. have, you we have do. to. We have to. We got to build the sport, baby. Yeah, The man. best sport in the world. So who who would you like Uh-oh, to see this on, Russian? Hold on. hold on. It just got juicy. What happened? Who would you like now, to see the Russian face? He's got two losses now. Obviously, the first one was to Barrios. I want to see him fight Sim. <laughs> I don't know that Sims is going to look backwards. This guy's coming off a loss. He's 9-2 right now. But it's now. only a two-world championship fight. So. What's going on? What do you got over there? So now I got Albert Bell, who says uh, he posted on his story. He said that he was there. He says that he calls Cap and that you have a 130-pounder that can get it too. Uh-oh, they told my Garcia. Got to be. And that uh, we both... <laughs> They both he want said, opportunities. He said, we'll take both of they shit on the same night. What's up? Both of they belts. Oh, wow. That's what that translates to. Yeah. Let me see when our belt was in town. <laughs> Maybe he could go fight Chris Colbert first. Ooh, Albert Bell, right? Go, go on I your way first. I heard he accepted first. that, though. I heard he accepted that fight. I don't know. Maybe he, can, maybe he can do that. Oh, man. <laughs> 
It's been a very, a very entertaining day. Very entertaining day. We had like five coaches call in this morning. Yeah, and then we had Bozy on his call after the show. I was right so tight. Right after the show ended, I'm like, I was man, so tight. Right after the show ended, so you guys are going November 5th, obviously this weekend. That's PBC Showtime. Mm-hmm. You guys are going. Uh, your heavyweight in, in Wyoming. When is that again? December 2nd. December Denier 2nd. Perot, 2020 Olympian heavyweight. And then WBA convention you have. Eric Cordova, heavyweight. Mm. And Cordova's also Cuban? Yes. A lot of heavyweights. Yeah, man. Is four? Four heavyweights? Three heavyweights. Three heavyweights. Big stable. You got a cruiser coach? Maybe I have to put one of my heavyweights in with Kenneth Sims and slow him down a little ah. bit. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Well, Coach, I guess that's the last of the questions. Is your son out there? All right, we're going to bring him in. Uh, Fellas, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. You know the place to be is right here at Blue Wire Studios in the Wynn Casino. If you haven't already subscribed to the YouTube channel, go ahead and do so. Get us to our next goal of a million subscribers. I want to thank Bobby Santos, obviously, for coming in and and talking some boxing with us. And uh, we hope to see him at the WBC convention pushing the envelope, making sure that uh, Adamus gets this shot, man. Because honestly, I don't remember when... uh, I don't think there's been a mandatory... Brandon Adams wasn't a mandatory either. Telling you, I don't think he's had a mandatory. But till the next one, fellas. Yeah, I don't think he's had a mandatory. I can't remember right now. Oh, Ness, that was great, man. You you guys are unbelievable. Highland was the eliminator for him. That man, what you guys is doing here is, dude. This is this is get Bobby here. Oh, he'll be he'll be he'll be here he'll be here next week. Dude, this is. Oh, so when he was...